America's symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, your friend and mine, the greatest professional wrestler of all time, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, Conrad Thompson, the last outlaw, is fired up. Just got out of the gym. What a heck of a workout, uh, as as we say. Um, got a good pump, Connie. No, very good workout. Kind of sad on one aspect. Football is is winding down, isn't it, pal? And we're headed toward uh, the last game of the year. I know we got spring football and lots of change going on. And Michigan ran out the best college coach in the game today um, after Saban left on his own accord. But, uh, Connie, a lot going on, I would say, uh, in the world of professional wrestling as, as we know it. It has... Connie, I guess the, 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 those simplistic terms that I've got to, um, I got to ask you a question. All right. In your fandom, and I know that you like football and you're a collector of sorts and you've got all kinds of different hobbies that we, I, I guess I'd say is, but in any specific line of work, business, mortgage business, real estate, professional wrestling, football, watch collecting, G's, meet and three, just any of those kind of business. Have you ever seen a seven-day stretch, and I, I may be off on the seven days, that we have just kind of gone through? And on top of that, the last 12 months is, is what I'll say. No, I think, you know, Eric and I did a, did a show about 2023 and what a crazy year it was. And we tried to just go through it in order. Oh, wow. Of course, we saw the resignation of Vince McMahon and all the original allegations in, in the summer of 2022. But he came back in the very beginning of 2023. Stephanie resigned. And a year later, Vince has to resign and this time for good. The world has really changed, Jeff, as you said. I mean, just since we last sat down, it's all a lot different. And we were supposed to be talking about Jerry Lawler today. And Lord, I, hope, I hope we get a chance to, because I know that he was one of your heroes in professional wrestling. And when you take yeah. think about great territory wrestlers and, and, and all time, great punchers and draws. And I mean, really a a jack of all trades. He was great as a commentator. He was great as a heel. He was a great as a baby face, but respectfully, I don't even know that people want to hear about Jerry Lawler today. I think he's an evergreen topic and people want to hear about what's going on in wrestling. I think we have to talk about Vince McMahon. What I would prefer to do as much as we can is let's talk about him at the end because, well, there's probably some folks who are listening to this. They're going to be uncomfortable and Lord knows I am. I mean, I don't know how to process all of this. If I'm honest, I've been in a bit of a head funk since I read the 67 page document on Thursday. Uh, but I do want to talk to you about everything else that happened in wrestling, because I think so many people tune into your show specifically to just, you know, get your take on the business and mm -hmm. so much happened. I don't know that we can even really give it a, the full proper context and, and maybe we'll come to that in the coming weeks or months or years. But to start last week with the announcement that Monday night raw, whatever the hell Michael Cole used to say, the longest episodic weekly, blah, 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 blah. 
it's been a staple of professional wrestling fandom for over 30 years. And now it's finally coming to an end in January of 2025. It will no longer be on free television. Or I guess cable television, not on USA, not on TNN, not on spike, not going to Fox either behind a paywall on a streaming app. People have talked about this for a long time. Now we know it's finally going to happen. And something that I don't think a lot of people talked about in this was this may spell the end of the WWE network. I want to talk about the WWE network and and what the resolution of all that may be, but were you surprised to hear that Monday night raw would be going to Netflix behind a paywall? Connie. I am so disappointed in you. Really? Well, we're not even, you know, we're going to not get even dive into the NFL leaking their script. And it was, Oh, right. (laughs) It was on a Canadian broadcast. The chiefs and the 49ers will be in the super bowl before they played the game. I'll just leave it here. Connie follow the money. I don't think there are no coincidences in life, only convergences. So I'll just kind of leave that right there. Conrad. I thought it said the lions were going. I thought that leak said the lions. Was it the 49ers? Wow. Hmm. No coincidences. It's convergences. I was, I was just going to Brett blue, you know, and also, you know, back when we came out of the war, um, the Patriots actually. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what? The the leak said Reba McIntyre, Usher, and Post Malone are slated to perform at the San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl matchup on February 11th. Oh, so they got the 49ers right, but they got the Chiefs wrong. Did they say the Ravens in the league? They said the Ravens. But I mean, if you're really watching the show, uh, by the way, the show, I mean, the Chiefs games. They've become a show because of Taylor Swift. It's unbelievable. 330 million new fans to the NFL. I don't see how that's possible. Well, I I thought that was brand value that was added, that they had added $300 million worth of value to the NFL. Yes, that's I thought that was more believable. But still, you got to think what they want is Travis Kelsey picking up Taylor Swift on the field with all the confetti holding the Super Bowl t- championship saying, you know, I'm going on tour or whatever the hell, and you know, he, that's what they want. And he was 10 for 10 in the first half yesterday. Just funny how all this works out. It is. Anyway, um, it, what a monster rating, uh, the NFL just continue. It's a, it's a juggernaut and you know how many you like numbers. I just, I'm amazed, and, and this will dive into the Netflix, the Amazon Prime game on Thursdays, huge numbers uh, throughout the year. you just like, how is that possible? And then you went into the Peacock game that was on streaming, and you could see all the uh, online haters out there. Uh, I can't believe they put the playoff game on Peacock, and our man, a lot of chatter, Dave Green, said, get used to it. Everybody bitched when it went to cable. And things aren't going in reverse. And lo and behold, Raw debuted what 92 here it is in 2024 93 i think 93 yeah because uh yes yes i i wonder yeah because that debuted into 93 so it was yeah anyhow um and just you know tbs on saturday nights was on a national cable they were 
had migrated through the years. And but you know, the first prime time weekday, they were in the first place. They were they got there first. And uh everybody uh had their I mean, you certainly did. Any wrestling fan, any raw watcher had, you know, hey, it's gonna go here, gonna go there, and everybody was going down the Amazon trail and blah 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 blah. But what do I think about Raw landing on Netflix? In a lot of ways, it's about time. The 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 progression, the way the world is heading, uh, Netflix. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, mirrors a lot of things. They were the first to really launch the streaming. They they got in there first. So Raw was... And I think they're still the only profitable streaming service around. I saw that online in a couple of different places. Uh, and just continue to grow and to continue to grow. And, you know, back to the... the I always reference different, my own personal experiences. But, you know, in, in the TNA days when we're... Uh, selling uh, our program around the world, you know, you would always have that mind. Man, I wish there was one big media conglomerate that could buy Australia and India and Africa, and you just have to do one contract. Well, there it is. I mean, just the progression of not just wrestling, just the way entertainment is consumed. And I think it's a win, win, win. Win for Netflix, win for WWE and win for the wrestling fan. Um, because I think you're going to get the network all under one. You're going to get obviously all the premium live events. It's going to morph into, if you want to watch the WWE, uh, you're, you're, you're going to Netflix. And I think it's a smart, smart move. And I think you got to look down the road, uh, at, at all other, uh, wrestling promotions. Uh, obviously AEW is my, my, my home promotion. Uh, so, so where does all this head? It's going to be very interesting to see how things develop, but, um, hats off to the vision, if you will, of the WWE and Netflix to have this come together. Um, because obviously Netflix folks know their numbers like, you know, they're, they're, their own numbers. So they know what's going to work and they, um, you know, I think they stepped their do step, put the tip their toe in the water with the comedy special, but to go live 52 weeks a year, uh, professional wrestling can be a turnkey product where all they have to do is accept the stream and, uh, the wrestling promotion, uh, does all the rest. It really, really is a good deal for everyone involved. I wonder about the term of the deal. I think we were all sort of blown away a handful of years ago when WWE announced they were going to get a billion dollars from Fox. People lost their mind about $200 million a year for SmackDown. Well, how's $500 million a year sound just five years later, huge feather in the cap for Mr. Nick Khan. You know, let's remind everybody that dude came over in 2020. So you're talking about in less than four years. He's the most powerful person in all of wrestling. Totally changed the game, created more revenue than everybody else. It's unbelievable. But when I saw that number, I thought to myself, self, is there a downside to this? And I started to look and I saw that the term is what I wanted to talk about. So I do want you to talk about $500 million because what an incredible amount of money that is. It breaks down to it's over $3 million an hour. Uh, to create that content. And as Eric Bischoff has explained before, the cost of an additional hour 
from say one hour to two or two hours to three is nominal. It's that first number. That's so crazy. So I'm saying all that to say, no matter what they spend hour two and three are probably straight cash homie right in the pocketbook. <laughs> um, but it's a five-year deal. Uh, it's been reported that it's a 10-year deal, but I guess Netflix has the opportunity to get out after five years, which I can't imagine they would want to. We don't know how this is going to play out, but that feels like this feels like it makes a lot of sense for Netflix in particular. But what got me was they could extend this an additional 10 years. So after five years, Jeff, as I understand it, they can decide, do we want to keep this deal and and see it through for the full 10 year term? And at the end of that second five-year stint, so we're 10 years in now, they can say, yeah, let's just do it again for another 10 years. And if the money is the same, what looks like a home run right now, will that be not all that much cash relatively? Will it be considered a good deal in the long term? for Netflix because just five years ago, 200 sounded crazy. And now here's 500. But what will we think about that in five years, 10 years, 20 years? What say you? I'm not buying that the money stays the same after 10. I don't think it's going to stay the same after five. I I, I just don't. I think they're going to come back to the drawing uh, board three years into this. Um, you know, Oh man, Condi, where do we kind of even start on all of this? Because it's a, you just said it, 3 million an hour. So Rawls, 9 million production. I mean, all the bells and whistles. Rawls, roughly 10 million a week now. Okay. And, and, and so you throw in every kind of production bell and whistle that you could come up with. Um, you have, multiple influencers, pop stars, you have your, we'll call it the core weekly talent, all that kind of stuff. It, it is amazing the amount of money, even if it is all completely global, which I think they'll head there. India is still a big paycheck, Middle East a big paycheck. You know, there's other big paychecks, but they're going to get there. But still, $10 million every Monday. But you you have to look at Netflix and I'm again, folks, a lot smarter than me, but you kind of look at a property and this is where I look at the professional wrestling industry as a whole is that it's not well in, in, in your terminology, sometimes getting its flowers, but yeah. you, you kind of look at the NFL and outside of, 26 quarterbacks and I'm going to cut that in half, maybe 10 quarterbacks and maybe a couple of skill players. The NBA is they're hurting like crazy in ratings, but you know, maybe five marquee talent. I'm going to go. Okay. 10. Um, they got the, the legends that do the panel host. Anyway, what I'm saying is WWE has what a marketing machine professional wrestling is when you take talent that that has all their own social media accounts and they're their own built-in promoters and that's where the value just continues to 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 raise is that when you you know succession you don't see uh who's the big heel on there the main heel uh, i love him well, he's playing the character who's the dad what's his name real name on succession um logan logan no yeah but what's his real name oh i don't know 
in, anyway, he, he doesn't uh, in his off time or he goes and does another show. So he's not going to be out actively promoting succession. And, you know, I don't think football players or basketball players are out there doing that. Wrestling is a, it's just that unique form hybrid form of entertainment that is a lot of self promoters under one roof. And so that 10 million, um, I think it's, you know, oh, they're overpaying. No, they're not. I don't believe so. Uh, and I, I just think the wrestling business, it'll contract. Uh, it always does, but, but in the long run, like the stock market, it just getting, getting more and more valuable and bigger and bigger and newer and newer highs. So, um, dang County, when you just put it in those terms, 10 yeah. million every Monday. It's crazy. Wow. You got to wonder, you know, what's going to change if anything. I mean, I've even heard a lot of people speculating, Hey, what will they do during commercial breaks? And it's like, Hey, have you ever been to a Monday night raw? They, they keep wrestling, you know, maybe they don't do as many high spots, but Hey, maybe you're looking to hit some high spots and looking for some new changes. Well, cheers to the new year from our friends at manscaped because your resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well-kept. 2024 is the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your Times Square balls. Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code MYWORLD for 20% off plus free shipping. Happy New Year or Happy New Balls. Introducing the MVP of 2024, Manscaped's fifth generation lawnmower. It's not just a trimmer, it's your grooming sidekick. It's equipped with two skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It's like having a personal stylist at your fingertips or, well, wherever you need it. And did we mention it's waterproof? Because a trim in the shower is the only way to start the day. And for my men who want the full grooming experience, look no further than Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0. In this grooming kit, you'll get the trusted lawnmower, Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer, and essential aftercare products with the Crop Soother Ball Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. It's deodorant for your balls. Bet you didn't think you needed that. And as a gesture for the new year, they even throw in two free gifts, the Boxers 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag because they know good and well, you're still rocking boxers from high school. Let's face it, Manscaped is making it easy because these resolutions might come and grow, but a well-groomed Jew here to stay, all thanks to Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping. Just use our code MyWorld at Manscaped.com because nothing says Happy New Year like a deal that leaves your balls and your budget feeling refreshed. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer courtesy of Manscaped. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. 
So yeah, I love hearing your take that you don't think they'll actually uh, keep the same money. Uh, that would not surprise me. It feels like Nick Khan, who I think his first title with the company was chief revenue officer. Of course we know now he's, um, helping run the whole shooting match, but my man has figured out how to bring in revenue. And it feels like he's discovered the key to that, the shortcut to that financial success and pumping that stock price up is work licensing deals and, and, and work sponsorship deals. You take a look at the amount of sponsorship revenue that they're bringing in now versus pre Nikon. It's unbelievable, especially from, uh, a pay-per-view and premium line of uh, live event and just sort of in program marketing. I want to be clear. Those are dollars that goes directly to WWE. You know, if they're buying a commercial on a channel, that's one thing, but if it's inside the programming, like you would see, you know, at a pay-per-view, that's all just straight profit for WWE. Not only that, but as we know, he's worked the deal out with fanatics. And so they're handling all of the WWE's merch for years and years. They had a whole department. He just made a deal for that. He made a similar deal for Peacock because 10 years ago, this month, WWE launched their own network and maybe that was 11 years at this point, whatever the point is, yep. the network has been sunset effectively here in the United States, but now this Netflix deal feels like it's going to sunset the entire network globally. And if you recall, Jeff, the scuttlebutt was. George and Michelle, um, Barrios and Wilson, they were the leadership group in WWE. And I guess they opposed Vince's vision for throw everything on the network, including the pay-per-views very specifically, including WrestleMania, because there was discussion, Hey, maybe the pay-per-views like Royal Rumble, SummerSlam and WrestleMania, they won't be on the network. You'll still have to buy those as a traditional pay-per-view. And then I, I read other discussions. Well. Maybe they'll all be on the network, except not WrestleMania, or maybe we'll include just WrestleMania the first year, whatever the decision, it was clear that, uh, they all stayed except for Georgia, Michelle, the pay-per-views were on the network. Georgia, Michelle were out. Here comes Nick Khan and Nick cuts a different deal, sort of moving away from Peacock or, or from the network. And we're going to instead just get a guaranteed amount of money from peacock and 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 if you're trying to be in the stock game jeff that makes a lot of sense because now you can guarantee your income you're not hoping we can perform and hoping we can sell pay-per-views and hoping we can you know get subscriptions up on our own and and sort of charting our own course now whether interest is up interest is down uh, subscriptions are up subscriptions are down Revenue's the same. That's what Wall Street wants to see. Would you agree with that? Comfort. Yes. But mitigated risk. It mitigated risk. That's the 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 fancy term. But the, yep. the comfort zone. But what you know, you're a succession fan. I was a succession fan, but any streaming show that comes out now, they hope it's a hit. And if it's a hit, it's gonna have a shelf life. You know, if it's a Sopranos, it's a 20-year shelf life. But for the shows that are coming out now, um, just you, you hope you hope it's a hit, and you can kind of look on a graph that okay, this is the number, and if it gets hot, it's going to go here. But there's so many shows that just die. I mean, complete out. When you look at WWE, I'm going back to the sponsorship. 
that's another thing that Netflix looks at and says, oh, you're going to bring these sponsors. Now, how's that deal cut, Conrad? Uh, I, I don't want to keep pinging it back for you, but with, with, with you know, the, the sponsorship and it's all heading toward that, is that still going to be, what's the split there? Um, I, I, I don't know, but. You, you put that on SmackDown, Daddy. Say that again now. I mean, you know, SmackDown's going to USA. Yeah. So I'm saying you just load up all your sponsorship stuff with, I get, I, I thought what you were saying is, does that affect the Netflix well, deal? I, I don't know that what I'm saying is that, that tip, we'll call it 10 million every Monday. They get to go uh, yeah. pull that cash register. It, it, it is amazing. But so you, you, you just made kind of the comment fanatics broker that out. They, 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 they're broken out, you know, here, here's sponsorship. Well, the word pay-per-view was, man, it was without question. Um, what WWE, WWE or WWF, WWE, WCW, it's what the world, you know, when Eric went from four to 12, it was, let's go get more pay-per-view money. Let's go get pay-per-view money. That world uh, changed uh, in the WWE vernacular to premium live event. That's exactly how there is. There is no more pay-per-view. And yeah, I'm sure they have some in, in spots around the world and they're not, you know, but, but for the most part. Change that, Jeff. Huh? I, think this, I think this changes that because my understanding is their pay-per-views internationally will be on Netflix. That's what I'm saying is pay-per-views yeah. are gone. Officially I mean, there's no more pay-per-view in WWE. That's what I'm saying. You, you're, yeah, you're, you're cleaning my, my, my mess of words up. That's kind of what I'm saying is the word pay-per-view really is scratch from yes. the WWE, um, ledger. Yeah. Completely, which is man, that is a, a game changer on the flip side. Does Netflix have a, another, um, <sighs> Do they have another product that, that, oh my gosh, first week of April, we're going to get however many people watching our streaming network at the same time live. Um, I, I don't know. You know, when is the first premium live event on Netflix? Well, you got to think it's going to be January of 2025. So I, I assume the Royal rumble will be the first international. And, and I don't know how that really affects the Peacock deal. Are we still going to domestically here? Will we still watch those on Peacock? At least for yeah. Yeah. Do you know, is, has that been clarified? I don't know that it has, but what has been discussed is that there's this hangover period, October to January, where raw will stop airing USA on USA in October. And we know it will start on Netflix in January. Where does it go in the meantime? That not, that's what you think. The world's largest network and sell sponsorships for 90 days. I mean, I don't know. Have you, did you and Eric talk about that? Cause to me, I immediately thought, wow, what an opportunity. I mean, somebody, I think somebody is definitely going to make it an opportunity. I don't know exactly what it is, but there is a lot of money to be made there in those three or four months for oh a handful boy. of people for sure. That to me would be your YouTube play. You know, let's real quick off the top of our head. We know for sure the Netflix deal is 500 million, right? Yep. And we know what the value 
of the the new Raw to USA. I mean, you saw what or not Raw, but SmackDown to USA. So you got those guarantees, plus you got the the CW for NXT, plus you've still got a little bit of time left on the Peacock deal. That's not counting what's in Fanatics. We're talking well over a billion dollars guaranteed revenue. WWE's business has never been stronger than it is right freaking now. And you, I think you're forgetting the over a hundred million on two shows in Saudi. There you go. (laughs) I mean, when you really add it up, you're talking well over a billion dollars that they've got guaranteed before they load one truck. I mean, sell one ticket. So in your Google machine that you're so fast with, what is UFC's guaranteed television rights deal? You know, I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question though. Um, meanwhile, UFC is eyeing a new broadcast rights deal in 2024, with the current ESPN deal expiring in 2025. Um, so yeah, it looks like there's going to be another opportunity there. I'd say Ari's shaking and moving as we speak. <laughs> there is no doubt that, man, you want to talk about just the effects of this last week on, on TKO and Ari, we, we got to talk about all that. One of the things that they did besides, oh, I did want to ask you about this. Um, you know, it felt like the network thing, this feels like we're throwing in the flag there. And for a long time, I think, well, let's just give a full peek behind the curtain. The entire time Vince McMahon, who most people consider to be one of the true pioneers of pay-per-view. Would you agree with that? No question. I, I don't, I truly don't even think there's a distant second. Yes. He's, he's number one by far. So when he did an about face with the WWE network and said, we're done with that. Now we're doing this. A lot of people like Dave Meltzer said, it's too early. You know, the world's not ready for this. It's too early. And, and we saw that other wrestling companies like impact and certainly AEW now they're still doing the pay-per-view model, but he elected to do it this way. And a lot of people felt like he was doing something that the UFC had done where the UFC was doing their own app and you sign up for this subscription service. And of course they had done it eventually a deal with ESPN and now it's on ESPN plus, but people felt like at the time this was real innovation and a departure. And I just want to explain the business side of that. And I know you, you weren't privy to all the pay-per-view deals that Vince cut over the years, but just the quick and dirty math. If he had a $40 pay-per-view, it was $39.95. We'll round up the nickel, call it 40 bucks. How much would WWE receive if they sold a viewer on spending 40 bucks to watch their pay-per-view? The simplistic term, if it's a cable buy, yeah. 20 bucks. You live in Huntsville. A $40 buy, 20 bucks stays right there in Huntsville at the local cable company. $10 goes to in demand the clearinghouse if you will the the point person that is owned by multiple cable companies and they're kind of the back-end administrator marketer blah 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 and then you get the remaining 40 percent uh so whatever 18 dollars, whatever it is you get 40 it's a 50 10 40 split um 
direct and dish can be a little bit different, but it's roughly 60-40. Sometimes they're going to kind of throw in there 65-35 for an upstart. And that's the thing. WWE outgrew the pay-per-view business. They did. It, it's not that they 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 said, ah, no more, because, look, AEW is living, breathing proof that the, the pay-per-view model is very lucrative. And it is, to me, the growth, uh, the stage of growth that any company is in. It's, it's to me, it's just that simple. The stage of growth. WWE got to a point where they, they out, they outgrew it. In a sense, how can we maximize the revenue? And also, what you just said, when you're publicly traded, folks that are going to invest in your company on on stocks, they won't guarantee deal. So. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to lose money. Nobody buys a stock hoping it goes down. You know, no. they, well, they volatility. Yeah, short sellers. Yes. Yes. Um, the reason I was bringing up the network again, though, is this feels like a bit of a paradigm shift because they're, they were moving away from the pay per view model with the idea being we wouldn't have to share any of that revenue, guys. So no longer, I know you said 40%, let's, let's make it easy for our math and call it 50%, 20 bucks. If we, if we make a sale for $40, we should get the $40 yeah, and the, your business can be cut in half. It's you make the same revenue. That's it. But if we stay at the same level, we'll make twice the money. Now, of course we know we're going to have some overhead. So they started to add some staff and they also thought, Hey, we'll, we'll lower the price. So instead of it being what you would pay a month for a pay-per-view. We'll make it more affordable. So fans everywhere will be able to, uh, to participate and see all of the shows. I think Georgia Michelle felt like, yeah, but we still need to hold back perhaps Royal rumble, perhaps SummerSlam, but certainly WrestleMania. We know that didn't happen. So as a result, the subscriber base never really reached where they wanted. I think there was lots of whispers and rumor and innuendo about, Hey, they need 2 million here. or They hope for this many million there. And they never quite hit those numbers. So this feels like the network is done. And I, what I find so fascinating about this, Jeff is like, think back a few years ago when people were talking about bullshit NFTs and all that sort of stuff, the digital age that we're in and the blockchain and blah, blah, blah. People were convinced. I was talking to people who were convinced that the people who are going to make the most money during this are not necessarily those who are buying and trading NFTs. But if you have the delivery system, the platform, we'll call it the eBay, we'll call it the PayPal. If you could be the middleman on all of those transactions said differently, Vince wanted to cut out the middleman. He wanted to go straight to the consumer. And now it feels like WWE is no longer interested in not only owning the content, and the delivery system, they'd rather own the content and just license everything out and get guarantees and leave that to someone else. That is a real paradigm shift within WWE. And it makes me wonder because for whatever reason, WWE has been the leader. I shouldn't say for whatever reason, proven success has made them the leader. So new Japan has a streaming app. Impact has a streaming app. There's lots of other wrestling streaming apps out there. And there's been discussion over the years we've read. Hey, will AEW do one? Because people were seeing WWE was now it feels like, boy, that was a total about face there. Do you think that changes the way people perceive wrestling and owning the delivery mechanism? 
boy, as you would say, there is an awful lot to unpack here. Yes. And the reason I say that is that in 2024, the landscape of all of entertainment, I mean, we're talking big blockbuster movie, just the movie theater is different. The, the, the television shows, um, you know, our boy, Paul Walterhauser, no, Paul, you know, uh, Paul Walterhauser, you know, that show, I know it's a little late, but he he won his award and hats off to him. Just, I'll call it mainstream entertainment is consumed by, I mean, you think about ABC, CBS, and NBC. Oh, then Fox came along. Then the basic cable came along and then there's three or 400 channels that come along. Now there's Apple, Amazon prime. I mean, just there, there's so many more points of distribution and I'm not even throwing in there YouTube and they're, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing where, where they're headed in NFL, how they distribute all that, man, I'm, I'm jumbling everything, but Conrad, give me your specific question because there's so many things that go through my mind that the, at the end of the day, it's not just the WWE. It is, they are a, they are experts in creating professional wrestling content. Yes. And, and, and that niche bubble is the business they're in and they just print money off of, of that. They're no longer in the t-shirt making business. They're no longer in, uh, you know, go, go down the entire list of, um, I mean, you know, j- just everything they produce professional wrestling content at its core. And, and they, if there's one thing Nick Khan has done, I would say Conrad, and maybe this is a point of discussion, I mean, you can chat back and forth. He has laser focused just that we produce wrestling content and that's how we're going to make our money and throw everything out the, I mean, move everything out, out of house. They became specialists instead of them being, you know, the, the, uh, practitioner at your local dock in a box, as we like to call it a walk-in clinic. Now they're a brain surgeon. You know, they've gotten very specific with their wrestling content. And I think it is. That's the reason they're more profitable. They're trying less stuff, right? There's well, when you look at fanatics, just that example. And you know, on LinkedIn, you see different guys, you know, moving jobs and congrats and this and that. It's amazing how there's several folks that were executives and mid-management at at WWE in 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 merchandising and now their job same job description, they're just at fanatics. And Man, to, to me, uh, again, I'm going to go back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a wrestling guy, obviously, but all forms of entertainment, the laser focus that they've put on, there's a lot to learn from that to me, a whole lot to learn from that in that as a third generation promoter, really just laser focus on creating that content. Th- that That's the way to go all, across the board. Well, the way to go right now is with our friends at Factor, especially if you're trying to stick to some of those New Year's resolutions. Man, they make it easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals that are making every day easier and better. 
Seriously, you can be prepared for tomorrow with chef prepared, chef crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. They've got dozens of different options, something for everybody. Maybe you're on a keto diet, check. Maybe you're looking for low calorie, check. Maybe you're looking for vegan and veggie, check. Maybe you're like Jeff and you're looking for protein plus, check. And they've got all the other stuff you need too. Over 55 different add-ons. Maybe you're looking for breakfast or juices or snacks. Factor can hook you up. But what you're gonna love about Factor is the two minute meals. That's right. It's restaurant quality food. It's ready to heat and enjoy. That's it. If you're watching with us over on YouTube or just go see for yourself, factormeals.com slash myworld50. It tells you exactly what it is on the outside of this carton. You slide that carton off, pop a couple holes in the plastic over the top, slide it in the microwave. And in two minutes, you're not going to believe the flavor. Seriously, not just your meals, as I said, snacks, smoothies, and more, but they've also done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved. And it's also nutritious and delicious. So if you're looking for a way to drop some LBs, save some cash, or just eliminate the hassle factor is for you. It's flexible for your schedule. You can choose six meals a week or 18 meals a week. You can pause or reschedule. They make it easy and there's no prep. There's no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to eat. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no cleanup. Head right now to factormeals.com slash myworld50 and use the code myworld50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. That's code myworld50 at factormeals.com slash myworld50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is still active. So Jeff, let's get back to it here, man. There's so much to talk about. You know, we're, we're talking about the, uh, the big Netflix deal. We got to at least talk about the rock. Mm. The rock is back. And in a big way, he's on the board. And I said to myself, self, <laughs> how weird is it that Vince McMahon, not on the board, Paul Levesque, not on the board, but the rock is. Part of the terms of that agreement, as I understand, is he gets at the time, what was valued at roughly $30 million worth of stock. That's probably 15, 20% higher now. And he got the rights to his name back. As I understand it for years and years, if he was billed as the rock in a movie build WWE, or maybe specifically Vince McMahon got a producer credit and he had to pay tribute as they used to say in the mafia, according to the Sopranos, um, we know now. The rock is here to stay, not just on camera, whatever that may wind up being, but he's got a job on the board and considering his relationship with Endeavor and Nick Khan and the fact that he is the biggest movie star in the world and Netflix happens to be in that business, <laughs> well, it sure does make a whole lot of sense. What say you? Conrad. You, you're so much better at this than, than, um, and I, I don't know because I have been at, yeah, I'll say this since that came out last week, I've had multiple buddies text me, Hey man, help me out here. What exactly does that mean that Dwayne Johnson is sitting on the way? Cause I got, we could talk about this, the whole pie, cause this is fascinating to me. 
in a very look uh, first time I met rock, uh, his dad called him Dewey. So uh, he was 14 years old. Um, but the board help me out Conrad, because it is a, because you, you explain it better, but it's, it's, he's not an employee. He it's, it's, it's how many is on that board, eight to 10, but they're Ari, but they're independent. I call them businessmen. It wouldn't that be a safer way to say it? Just what, 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 what it represents is much to me, the, 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 when you really inside baseball and pull the layers back and pull the layers back and pull the layers back, he's on the board that owns its endeavor. It's TK. I mean, it's TKO's board. It it is, it's very impressive. You want to help me out there, Connie? Just kind of in buddy. It is such a wild thing. I mean, I'm going to run through the the board members of TKO. Good. The, 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 good. Carrie Wheeler, Carrie Wheeler, she was, uh, she's the director of TKO group holdings. So she's on the board here. She served as CEO and board member on open door since December, 2022. So she's on the board, Nancy Tellum also on the board. This is back in September of 2023 when this was formalized. Um, she's been the executive chairperson and chief media officer of what used to be known as interlude us. She's previously worked for Xbox too. Sonia Medina. She was the president and CEO of reach resilience. She was appointed to the board in September of 2023. Hope you're noticing the trend here. Carrie, Nancy, Sonia, uh, Jonathan Kraft. He too is on the board since September. He's the president of Kraft Group LLC since July of 1995. Mm. Steve Coonan, he's the CEO of the Atlanta Hawks since 2014. He's also on the board of TKO. Nick Kahn, we all know very well. Brad Keywell, he's on the board. He's the founder of Uptake Technologies, which is an artificial intelligence software company. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Egon Durbin, he's the co-executive officer of Silver Lake, which is a tech investment firm. He's been on the board as well since September of 2023. Take note. Uh, uh, Peter C.B. Bino, I screwed that name up. Uh, he has been a senior advisor and equity partner at DLA Piper LLP, which is a global law firm, board member since September of last year. We know Ari Emanuel, he's the big boss. He's the chief executive officer and he's got a lot of ties here. A little company called Endeavor. Hmm. Uh, he's been the director of Endeavor since June of 09. And he served as the CEO since 17 and Endeavor is worth a Google. If you're not familiar stuff. And then of course there's Mark Shapiro. He's the president and chief operating officer. He's also been with Endeavor. He's coming over from Endeavor. So you got a lot of people who are in that business. And now seemingly out of nowhere, here's Dwayne Johnson. So this, he, it's, a, it's a crazy group, is it not? Well, that's, I mean, I, I'm glad you went through them one by one because it, the board of directors, look, everybody that's simple. Hey, I'm going to invest in Exxon or, or mobile or, or 
Walmart or Apple, but you invest in TKO, it, like any board of directors, it's a group of businessmen and women who guide the ship that their, their single job is to make sure if you invest in their company, you get your money back and a return. And when you put Dwayne, when you put little Dewey alongside all that coming from seven bucks in his pocket to a wrestling star, to a movie star, to a businessman with Under Armour and tequila and football league and, and everything that goes with it. But he's sitting on that board. Hats off to him. It is amazing. What a payday. Uh, we'll get to his uh, IP in just a second because there was something about that that just kind of surprised me. Um, but, but Conrad, to me, when I know Ari super powerful and Shapiro, but we talk about in our business, hey, this guy's on top and that guy's on top. And we were supposed to be talking about Lawler today because uh, he, he would have been on top uh, for a lot, a lot of years. To me, Dwayne, I own the rock now. Johnson is on top of the industry. They're going to look to him on that board for wrestling expertise. Not, not, not business expertise. But when you really drill it down and they're sitting around the table on having to make decisions, Ari is brilliant in talent. There's no doubt about it. Nick Khan, deal maker, brilliant in talent. Uh, he was a uber, uber, uber mega, uh, uh talent agent for, for years and his success. But when you get right down to the professional wrestling component of it, and there is, it, there's, as Dutch would say, wrestling logic, Connie, me and you, and he's like, only in this business, Jeff, all those kind of things. But when you drill it right down, The Rock is the most powerful man in wrestling today. It's crazy to think about, but it's hard to argue because he's got so much influence in so many other areas. And I think the natural question is, hey, does Rock have anything else that TKO might be interested in? You know, he's got that little football league. Uh, and they just did a bit of a merger themselves. I mean, that feels like that's the next step. And it does feel like, you know, he's with the right group of animals to go help make those deals happen. When I say animals, I'm just so impressed by yeah. what Nick Khan has been able to do to grow this company in such a short period of time. You know, I know that he's sort of behind the scenes, but goodness gracious, it feels like he's been pulling all kinds of strings and, um, I'm excited to see what's next for WWE. Unfortunately, just because Vince McMahon has resigned and, and, and I guess that document has been filed since we've been recording this morning, uh, Jeff, it is official. It is documented now, uh, that he has resigned his position as a board member. Can, can we, before, before we go into that, can we talk about the IP of the rock? Yeah. So, and you know, these years much better than I do, but he, he went away and came back and did the, we'll kind of call it the trilogy, uh, with Cena, right? Okay. What years were those? I, I just help me out here, but cause it's, uh, we'll call it 2011, 2012. Okay. Why didn't he, he say, 
yeah, I'll come do those three, but I want my name back. Why didn't he use that card then? Well, I mean, why didn't hypothetical, I mean, you know, like it, it, I thought he owned it already. No, no. I knew he was still paying a fee, but I kind of think there were some hurt feelings once upon a time because they let his contract expire and they acted like it just slipped through. So this was a long time ago, but years ago, he, this is back when Jr. I think was still running talent relations. They just let the deal lapse. I think they were paying him, but he wasn't doing anything and his contract wasn't renewed. And I guess he was in his feelings about it. And there were some hurt feelings for a while and then they patched it together. And, but I, I feel like Vince McMahon, boy, I, I don't know the man well enough to say this, but reading what we read recently, it feels like he likes the idea of quote unquote owning people. Like, why would you not let the undertaker, the guy who did it all for you too? Undertaker can't make appearances as undertaker. He's got to call himself Mark Calloway. So if he'll do that to somebody who was with him for day one for 30 something years, why would we think he wouldn't do that for the rock? My, but my point being, and I'm going to just say this. You felt like the rock had the leverage to ask for it then? In 2011, I still think he was, if not the biggest, right up there, top five, most powerful man in Hollywood. He didn't need the WWE without question. He he could have uh, gone on. Anyway, it's just a hypothetical. So when I heard that news, I'm like, wait, he didn't already play that card way back when? Uh, I just thought that. But him getting that, what I'm curious now Another, this is a, just a sidebar, Connie, and, and I don't know if you've discussed this on any other podcast, but now that Dwayne owns The Rock, yeah, that, and probably there's a, some associated marks with that. Brother Dawkins may, may, may be able to help us out. But I say that to say, it's going to be curious to see what Seven Bucks and whatever his team, how are they going to monetize The Rock differently? that they thought to themselves, a deal come across the table. No, I, I don't do that. There's a lot of red tape and, and the, the pie may be cut too thin and this is going to go there and this is going to go there. We'll pass. I'm just curious to see he got it back. And I know it's very personal because his dad's Rocky and everything that the emotional. And I think he said that, uh, in one of his interviews last week, but now that he has it, how's he going to monetize it? Cause I, I definitely think he's got a plan for it. And yes, it is a personal family name, if you will, but I just see him monetizing it, uh, in a way that is not on everyone's bingo card right now. That's all I'll say on a ballot bingo card. <laughs> I'm asking on a ballot. Do you think we'll see it on a ballot? No, you don't think the rock ever runs for anything. No. For obvious reasons. I don't know if they're obvious or not, but, uh, I just, what do you mean? You don't know if they're obvious or not. Look what's happened in the last week or so there there's skeletons in closets. I'm not making any comparison, but I'm saying, oh, goodness look. gracious. If you've been on top of the world as a public person for 30 freaking years, somebody no. somewhere is upset, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's the reason I, I think rock is an entertainer and there's 50 ish percent Republicans and 50% Democrats. Why piss either side off? Well, it just feels like to me, it's not worth the hassle. I think we're saying the same thing. Like yeah. I'm just saying 
it becomes a mudslinging competition when you when you jump in there. Oh, and so boy, does it. now it becomes man. Let's just look for absolutely anything because they're a bad tweet from twelve years ago. We can find or whatever. It's it it's a whole nother level now on that. Yeah, like, yeah. fabricate stuff. Look, the AI stuff they, that they put on out on Taylor. Yeah, but but here's a, a a light bulb. Okay, Taylor's a grown woman and she's in the public eye. And arguably, yeah, she she is the hottest musical act that's that's come along. She's breaking Garth Brooks records and others, all that kind of stuff. She's in the public eye. You know what? It ain't the worst thing that's ever happened to her or whatever. But I didn't realize, and this is what I saw on different news blips, this technology, kids can use it in high school and and do it. It's It's a form of bullying, if you will. Man, the, the the youth and the kids of today, and they're resilient, and it's sign of the ages, but my gosh, Connie. It they is, got it rough, Bubba. It's just different, man. It, it is, yeah. I mean, it's, and and maybe our parents said that about us. Oh, it's a different world. Them going to school these days, it's different. I know in every generation, but my gosh, using that kind of AI technology to, to bully others. Mm, mm, mm. Conrad, so many rabbit holes we could go in today. Keep it rolling. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about the big news of Vince McMahon. I feel like we have to, but before we do, I do want to just talk about some other positive stuff. Uh, I know the ratings didn't necessarily reflect it, but I heard Collision was fantastic. I haven't seen it yet. I've got it DVR'd, but I got multiple texts about some really great stuff on that show. I can't wait to check out. I want to remind everybody that we are like a month and change away from Sting's last match. Wow. And tickets are on sale. His last television appearance, Jeff, I don't know that me and you've talked about this. It just clicked for me about a week ago, I guess. Sting finished up in TNA on a double taping in 2014. It was called Genesis. He finished TNA right here in Huntsville. So his last two matches, his last two television appearances for TNA were in Huntsville at the Von Braun Center against uh, Magnus and EC3 and fans were chanting undertaker. They wanted him to go to WWE. We know he did that. Didn't go exactly as planned, but now his last television appearance and maybe his last television match will be in Huntsville at yet again, another double taping, both rampage and collision will be taped on the go home episodes of stings last match right down the street from me at the Von Braun civic center. Tickets are on sale now. AEWTIX.com. I hope that you guys will uh, make plans to join us here in Huntsville. And I would keep checking back. If you've checked and tickets look like they were sold out for Sting's last match, my understanding is production kills will continue to come. So you might not be out on the cold yet, but what a great amount of momentum you have for Sting's last match right now. In my opinion, it is the most talked about, most interesting thing happening on AEW programming outside of the last outlaw, of course. <laughs> Conrad, it's okay. Obviously, Music City, my neighbor is a big time top of the music business agent, know multiple folks. And, you know, we've had backyard conversations, if you will. And I've just had these through the years. And, and I'm like, oh, wow, that act is, they're touring. Oh, Jeff, do you know what they did just this weekend alone? And he'll share some numbers and you just kind of go, wow. Just putting one tagline, Sting's last match. Hey, how about that, Connie? But no, 
and it uh, basically went clean and then the production just how our business opens up but it's it's sold out and it's selling out and it's you know every little seat that opens up goes pretty quick um i just think that it, in and of itself and my history with staying and we we go back so so many years but i guess like punk this past weekend 10 years what it you know that he left and came back and now here's sting 10 years right 2014 uh yep. 2020 so 10 years his last tv it's just funny how life turns out that way um but with all the world going on and i want to do want to come back to collision um you know just uh, again our business there's nothing like it man i'd sound like such a damn broken uh, uh, record on that but i'm really happy for steve borden the career <laughs> The career that he's that that he's had, um, it is amazing, and and you, you just kind of think about the journey and how it's ending in, in Greensboro, and and the best thing is, um, did you see Cal Ripken Jr. when he retired? When when he finally, uh, I cried watching it. Just Sting is the kind of guy that if there's anybody that that deserves if you will i always hate to use that line to go I out so off. yeah go out on his terms mm -hmm. you know it just doesn't happen um it just it just you know there's many so many folks with retirements and this and that but staying getting to go out on his terms in greensboro um the little footnote because tna he wrestled in tna a lot of people, it, it's hard for them to wrap their head around how long, you know, he, he was with us, you know, early days, but he was with us full-time for, for many years. Um, you know, just what a legacy he leaves on perseverance, persistence, character, integrity, doing the right thing, staying true to himself, and look, he had his ups and downs personally and professional, but he always, you know, on screen and off Steve always stayed true to Steve. And so I just couldn't be happier for the guy that he's getting to go out in this kind of manner. And he is definitely getting his flowers. AEWTIX.com. Or of course you can still watch revolution from AEW on pay-per-view. So, um, all platforms. Let's mention that, um, there's a lot of things that are changing over on the WWE side of things. Normally we have a, a pretty clear picture of what WrestleMania is going to look like. Um, maybe it's not as clear as the picture we know for the Super Bowl because now we know Taylor Swift is bringing her Kansas city chiefs to Las Vegas to take on the 49ers. And we're excited to announce that new affiliate partnership with fanatics. It's not just WWE hooking up. It's your favorite podcast here, my world. And now we've got the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear that you can rock to support your lowly Titans or your awful predators, or, you know, any of those winning championship teams like the Alabama Crimson Tide available now at shopsportsmerch.com. 
It's a great way to support your favorite podcast with Jeff and I. And of course you can also support your favorite players and teams all using that special URL shopsportsmerch.com. Or if you're watching along with us over on YouTube, just hit that QR code that's up on the screen now. Uh, and you can go straight there. Or of course you can check out the description below for the actual link. We'll also have it up on all of our socials, but this is your chance to hook up jerseys, caps, shirts, jackets, hoodies, all of this, and so much more at shopsportsmerch.com. So Jeff, I do want to talk about what's going on in WWE land. We know now Bailey has won the, uh, women's Royal rumble. We also saw in that Royal rumble, some new folks we hadn't seen on the main roster, uh, Tiffany Stratton. I was excited to see her get an opportunity amongst others. Maybe most interesting, Mrs. Grace, the TNA world women's champion showing up in the rumble. That felt old school. I really liked it. And I'm glad to see that Bailey punched her ticket. I kind of thought it was going to be Liv Morgan. I'm glad it's Bailey. It feels like she's sort of the last of the quote unquote four horsewomen to get this opportunity. And I don't know. It's so crowded at the top. I don't know that she'll have the opportunity to close the night on night one. Like we've seen happen with some other ladies. I know last year. Charlotte and Rhea absolutely tore it up, but it wound up being the Usos and, and Sammy and KO to close. What do you expect for Bailey? Is it going to be Bailey versus Rhea at WrestleMania? You know, it's got to be, right? I mean, with, um, almost called her by her real name, Charlotte, uh, with, with Charlotte's injury situation and, um, it's it, she's the best Charlotte, the best of the best of the best. And so, um, it would be interesting to see with her still in where all that would have gone. Um, but Bailey, she was champion in 2018 or 19. And so look, uh, Saturday night, uh, I had, um, one screen on collision uh, while it was on. And so that was when the women's Royal rumble was on. And then one screen on the rumble and my man, Cody and, uh, boy, uh, kind of, I know you've watched some wrestling shows with Cody and the questions can go down a rabbit hole about anything at any time. <laughs> I mean, in any era, it can jump back 10 years. You, you never know, but try yeah. watching two wrestling shows with them. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But as I sat there and watched uh, the TNA champ step in and, and just how that story evolved and Jade's. Um, yeah. How about Jade making her debut? You, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Naya and, and just all that, it occurred to me. And then obviously we'll get into the men's here in a second is, but when I looked at it and, you know, there, there wasn't the, oh my gosh. And I'm just pulling a name out of that. No bushwhacker. There were no surprise legends or vets, um, current. And I thought, okay, the TNA women's champ, I thought got a heck of a reaction. Why, why not use multiple promotions around the world to, to, to not just have one, but instead of using old vets, um, uh, from, from talent from, from yesteryear, start plugging in with, it gives a, uh, because the world, the wrestling world on the one hand is enormous. On the other hand, it is a 
tight knit community and, and people are aware of promotions all over the world. So start plugging in talent from multiple promotions. Uh, I guess you could say use the forbidden door across the board on, on, on both the men's and women's. If you're not going to use that, because I thought there were laws in both of them because it's just hard. Look, I didn't I, enjoy the rumble. I, I thought the rumble, I'm glad who won one, but I didn't think this was, these were the two most entertaining rumbles. Conrad, I can tell you from experience when you format those things and just like any wrestling card, you have main event, you have semi main event, you have special attractions, you have guys that we'll call them underneath and you have opening match. You kind of have those tiers when you're laying out a, a, a 30 man or woman rumble. When you have the ability to say, hey, I'm going to let Road Dog pop out just because he's my butt, or I'm going to let, I don't know, Bubba Dudley, or I'm going to have, uh, you know, whatever star from th this era, it, it, it is such a, hey, I didn't expect I was going to get to see this person. I mean, the truth high spot was a big high spot because it's huge, huge. Well, I just think the simple, deal is oh we weren't supposed to see that but we got to see it those type of deals when you get to a point in, in a in a in a rumble and you have 30 entrances by about six or seven entrance of a middle card or below it's the energy is let out of the room and i think you could witness that i'm not pointing fingers but i am saying the entertainment value was much less, I believe, this year than in. I don't remember a less energetic one, if that will. Uh, uh, like, like, like you, I like the winners in both. I don't know if. Uh, I mean, do you think they try to do the damage control story, and it's and it's Bailey versus Eo Sky, or would you go with Bailey Ripley? Well, Bailey is about the granddaddy of them all. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the biggest show of the year. So if you don't give them again, Connie, what I say about creative, it's subjective. Oh, so sure. There's not a absolute only way to do this. Uh, you also got to kind of figure out where they got to go. Uh, April, May, June, July, what are they building to? Where are they going to SummerSlam? Where are they going this uh, next year? You know, where does Charlotte play into all of this? What is her timetable? That's another thing. If she's off the shelf for X amount of, okay, who do we really need to get up and run in here? We can do this by giving them a stage, even beating them at Mania. We still give them that stage. There's so many factors that go into it that I think the fan, the, the I don't call it the casual, but some folks don't even kind of connect the dots like, okay, they really need to, need to do this for X, Y, and Z that's going to happen Something's going to happen in June. Something's going to happen in July. Something's going to happen in August. There's so many factors that go into it. We should also mention that we've got, uh, you know, that, that big moment in the rumble that I got a big pop for. Cause we watched with all the top guys in, in Tampa. I miss seeing all the top guys. God, it was so fun to watch because Efren had a game that we played. And so everybody put their name and he had the big tumbler and you pulled it out. And if you won, it's rigged. I saw the video guy won twice. I'm not buying it. It's rigged it's scripted. I mean, Taylor Swift's chiefs are going to super bowl and y'all had the same winner back to back in the top. Connie, I know you guys had freaking Silva. He's the biggest shark. I guarantee you he got a payoff. 
guarantee you. If he eats at Rosie's six days in a row, you can bet your sweet ass. He, he's rigged the damn tumble. Here's, here's what's interesting about that. Okay. He, he managed, I can't believe he did this, but he managed to win the first one with Bailey. Who's he? Uh, Dave McClay, top guy after shows.com. And he won and he, he won a hundred dollars or you could pick your own number. So you pick what number you want for the men's Royal rumble. And Efren had uh, a plaque from last year's WrestleMania uh, or, or Royal rumble winners for both Cody and for Rhea and a lifetime membership to the TNT hall of fame and a thousand dollars. And he asked me, what should he do? And I said, dude, go for it. It'll make it more fun. So he, I couldn't believe he did this, but he said, I'm going to use a lifeline and I'm going to call my wife and let her pick the number. Gosh. And so he called her on speaker and she said, number 15. And Efren looked at me like, am I going to lose a thousand dollars? Cause it's Efren's money. And I, and I said, you're fine. Never in the history of ever has number 15 ever won the Royal rumble. <laughs> and someone fact-checked it and said, Hey, he's right. If he would have picked number one, number 30 or number 27, cause Dave asked me what number should I pick? I said, I don't know, but I'd pick one 30 or 27 off the top of my head. And so he says, I think I'm going to call my wife. And when he said 15, I barely laughed. Like, really? I'll be damned. It was Cody Rhodes. <laughs> That's great. What a story. And he won. And not only that, Dave had some personal stuff going on in his life. And this was a fun, um, distraction. He doesn't want me to say what it is, Okay. but the yeah. idea that he won, it was like, man, this is like a little movie here. I was so happy that he won. It was really fun. We should have but led this story. I'm serious. Yeah. When I saw it online, I got the biggest smile because folks don't realize yes. what a community top guy is and the camaraderie and the zoom. Well, call let we get to let the me set the stage for you. Yeah. yeah okay. We got a big screen here. It's a conference room, like a banquet room at a hotel, a bunch of series of round tables. And we got a bartender, a couple bartenders in the back. So oh, drinks are flowing and we're watching the Royal rumble and we got Efren and Josh Odom's son spinning the little drum and pulling numbers during the countdown. It made it, it was so fun. I'm going to do that every chance I get, I'm going to have a rumble party. It added so much more excitement. Yep. to who was there that by the time it was over, I was like, Hey, wait, there weren't technically any legends in that match. You know, normally we see a few people come back that didn't happen. Say, yeah. One of the legends we didn't see. And now we know why is Brock Lesnar. The rumor in innuendo is that they just basically slotted Braun breaker into that spot. But the other rumor in innuendo was that Brock Lesnar was going to challenge Gunther at WrestleMania Ooh. and that would have been a real dream match. Brock Lesnar and Gunther. I don't think it ever happens. Not just at WrestleMania, but ever anywhere at this point. But were you surprised they debuted Braun breaker in the rumble, how they showcased him. And do you think he will actually wind up being perhaps Gunther's WrestleMania opponent? You're this, you're hitting me with all kinds of information here. Um, God, that's another man. Conrad, you're telling me a couple. Old Bron, uh, I, I know him as Bronson. Knew him since the day he was born, or right there at it. Um, how proud are you of that? One of your friends' son in a featured spot in the Royal Rumble. Man, that's a cool deal. When he was right out of high school and, and college, he was texting me about, "Hey, I mean, 
look, he's got two brothers. Um, so this is Rick Steiner's kid. Those that don't know it, it's, it's his son. So there's three boys there. Scott has two boys. So there's five total boys out of the five. Brian's the only one to my knowledge that could, that really wants it, got bit by the bug and man, he was bit by the bug early. So that's, that's what's in our DNA at the end of the day. So for him to be bit by the bug and obviously really commit to this industry. And I mean, he loves it in NXT grinding away, doing what he needs to do, getting better each day. Um, obviously we both know the folks down there that, that run it. it, you know, is it perfect? No, but it is what an opportunity and he's got, the passion and drive that it takes. And so for him to work his way along and work his way along and work his way along. And again, the grand weaver above knows all and his plan is perfect, but how in the world we just talked about the top guy being scripted. Uh, I mean, how could you script that his wife picks 15? Come on. That, okay. On the flip side is a door was closed. It appears with the Brock situation. But what a door that was open for Brian, and he came in and he seized it. And to me, it was just a matter of time. But the timing of all this, can you imagine old Bronson on the stage of WrestleMania with Gunther? And if Gunther's going to lose the title to somebody. You're talking about making a guy. Braun yes. paid right then. I mean, at some point. Roman's got to lose. It's best for business, as they say. And and Gunther's got to lose. I, you make Braun. Yeah, the- I was going to say, what an upside to putting Braun over. I mean, yeah. what a tremendous upside. Um, and it frees up Gunther to, to move on up. He, you know, he's up. Up. oh, yeah. she, he is, he will be WWE champion. In 12 months, inside of 12 months. Well, it's interesting because I think a lot of people are sort of scratching their heads and saying, okay, well, if that's what we're going to do, then what does that mean Seth is going to do? Because I think a lot of people, as soon as the news was revealed that CM Punk was coming to WWE, given the press conference and, and, and the way things happened with interviews with Nick Houseman, uh, for with on the Seth Rollins side, people just assumed. And then we saw Seth Rollins go apeshit in the ring. We just assumed that's the WrestleMania match, but there's rumor in innuendo that punk may have actually gotten hurt in his first match back on TV. It was his first, uh, broadcast match in Mm. 10 years since he walked out on the WWE on that exact same day, the night after the Royal rumble in 2014. And allegedly he's got a triceps injury. I don't know, but. If that's still on, I would love to see Punk and and Seth main event night one. But if it's not on, what do you, what do we do? Because it does feel like they sort of teased Gunther and Seth. I don't know. Like it, it's weird to not have a clear WrestleMania picture, but I don't know that we necessarily do because is Seth going to be hurt? Is Punk hurt? What's up with uh, with The Rock? Is The Rock going to do something or not? We know Brock Lesnar's out. It's 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 a lot of moving parts right now in WWE, no? So 
back to some sports analogies. When Harbaugh made the decision, dominoes started to fall in the coaching world. Is that fair enough to say, Conrad? Yes. When he said he's going to Chargers, then this domino fell and that domino fell and that domino fell. I think that gentleman that sits on the board of directors, the newly appointed Dwayne Johnson, once that domino falls for WrestleMania, everything else will be filled in. I think until that domino falls, it's premature to even guess. What's interesting to me is, as we're talking about the rock is it's like, I don't know that we can make WrestleMania any bigger. Like WrestleMania is going to be sold out on its own. It's not a pay-per-view. I kind of assumed the way, like when rock was on the set for college game day last year, when he was out there on the Deion Sanders train, when he was asked about this facing Roman reigns, he said, he'd like to do something that's never been done before and take fans on a ride. They've never seen before and do something that was, you know, the biggest in history, yada, yada, yada. And every year it does feel like WrestleMania is breaking another record. I don't think we have to worry about this year being any different, but next year being the first Netflix WrestleMania seemed to be obvious to me. Like, oh, that's what they'll do. I'm not so sure though. Like given the recent news, do they think they need a shot in the arm PR wise? Cause I almost wonder like, is the rock in this spot to sort of act as WWE's Shaquille O'Neal to their Papa John's? Like you had such a bad actor who went public with some bad behavior and Papa John, when he was on tape saying things, he definitely should not be saying, well, how do we change the narrative and and not get that on us at Papa John's, the pizza company, not the individual, not the guy, but the company. What'd they do? They went and got Shaq. Oh, I got you. (laughs) Shaq is. He's the spokesperson. I the ultimate him. spokesperson. And he was out front and Papa John's is enjoying great success now. And I think the Shaquille O'Neal influence and impact there when they were in a time of need. Now, when the rock was made a board member, technically none of this was out there, but that changed three or four days later. So it does make me wonder is, are they going to use the rock almost as like their Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, doesn't that, that uh, don't all signs point to that Conrad? And, and I get it. it's all hypothetical. Here's something that I right now, Conrad, WrestleMania, help me out. It's going to be on Peacock. Yeah. Where else in the United States? Peacock. Is it on? Is it going to be? It has uh, been in years past. You could buy it on Direct TV and such. Okay. So there's Direct revenue involved a tiny amount tiny okay so it's tiny minuscule well again if you kind of look back and mean you've had so many different conversations about that and screenshots the opportunity is the sponsorship like that's that's, and merch well i think merch but but is it too late in the game sponsorship deals don't happen overnight they Uh, might be the rock uh, okay, so, so now we're talking about something that's going to move that app on our phone, known as the stock ticker. Will the stock be affected by Rock's involvement this year? 
will he also will he also cut deals for his other brands to be a part of wwe programming okay like if you recall whenever conor mcgregor would fight in the ufc they'd be promoting his whiskey and all of his other ventures it would not surprise me to see every wrestler in uh the 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 shirts (laughs) of under armor and every wrestling fan hearing about their favorite new tequila and maybe there's you know people who were ringside who are who play professional football for the xfl or i'm just saying there is going to be if you think that's not happening like ufl oh is it it's a rebranded now you're exactly right it's the the merger xfl and whatever the one was well listen here's what i know i know that there's so many moving parts currently going on you know today yeah we did talk about sting wembley that's that's a whole another just we talked about the last 12 months a, a lot of 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 moving parts in the AEW world but we literally have just talked about the last three or four days god red yeah i do want to talk about AEW's tv deal and how netflix could be afflicted affected and we still got to talk about the real big news but before we do we should remind everybody that the wwe is going down under to perth for elimination chamber gosh the rock when the world shut down during covid the rock shot a lot of his stuff uh in in australia so he had an opportunity to get you know pretty dialed in in that part of the world it makes me wonder will we see the rock do something in elimination chamber and i bet the answer is yes and I don't know for sure that he's going to Australia, but I know for sure I am. Starcast down under April 11th to April 14th, Ballarat, Victoria, Australia. It's our first ever international Starcast. And boy, are we pulling out the big guns? How about Bret Hart is coming down under? Not just to do a stage show, but that's right. Bret Hart and I are going to be on stage together. This will be the first time that's happened. I can't wait to pick his brain. And he's also got a wrestling show that, that weekend. The Australian Stampede, Bret Hart's Australian Stampede, a super card of wrestlers from all around the world. And oh yeah, there's an all women's show. Mickey James, she's coming and presenting H-E-R, her. It's an all women's show, not one, but two wrestling shows, plus all your favorite stage shows and panel discussions. I can't wait to be on stage with Bret and talk about the 30th anniversary of his WrestleMania 10 match with his brother Owen. We're going to have meet and greets galore. You'll be able to meet all your favorites, see the matches, watch the shows. Starcast.com has your tickets on sale. Make plans to join us. Starcast down under April 11th through April 14th at S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T.com. Starcast.com. You know, that we talked about Netflix and we kind of moved on. I know we've still got to talk about the uh, unfortunate news with, uh, with Vince and all the ugliness that exists there, but before we do, do you think there are any changes that AEW or other wrestling television programming will be affected based on this Netflix decision? What I mean is for better or worse, WWE has always sort of been the leader in the space and you follow a lot of their best practices. If you want to be successful in this area. So where WWE had strong television to sell pay-per-views, everyone else wanted to do the same. They moved away from pay-per-views and lots of people started to spin up their apps 
And now the app seemingly is going away. No more network. And not only that, no more free television. Do you think there's a scenario where AEW doesn't maintain a television presence and winds up on an app? Or is that premature for the rest of the industry at this point? Because even WWE is maintaining a presence with both NXT on CW and USA being the home for SmackDown. Does this affect or create new opportunity for AEW at all? I think not only AEW, but but all all professional wrestling. Conrad and and I'll just hammer myself here. You know the the TNA concept from day one, pay per view every week. Look, we could throw a thousand holes into it, but but getting outside of broadcast television and then you just kind of look at all the different forms of of how the business progresses and you know i got laughed at and i guess it was 2014 i think i said the boom's coming because in, in in essence i was saying professional wrestling from day one taught to me by my grandmother you can create content relatively inexpensive that gets numbers that that's the whole basis of everything well when you look at all the different shows that are made for Amazon and Apple and, and Netflix and blah, 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 they're expensive to produce. They, they just are. And it's kind of a hit and miss. It's very hard to get a hit. And I think it becomes harder and harder and harder because there's more and more content being produced. Now that Netflix said, hey, we're going this way, I think there's opportunities now they're going to open up today. Maybe not. I think it's going to be a, a progression, but yes, I think it blows doors wide open because nobody, I don't want to say Hollywood cause that's, that's almost a dated term, but none of the executives, their job protective. I don't say job scared, but they don't want to make a decision and the company that they work for look at it and go, Hey, this guy made this decision. It lost millions and millions and millions this guy's a more it's got to go nobody wants to take that risk it's the entrepreneurs of the world that end up taking the risk and and moving forward we're look at netflix they took a, a dvd business and and flipped it on its edge and and by design their dna structure is is built is built on taking risk i think the older they've gotten and more mature they've gotten i think they've more and more calculated risk and more and more calculated risk. And you better believe that Nick Khan and his whole team of data analytics and Netflix and all their decision makers and all their data analytics, they crunched the numbers over and over and over. But they came up and said, hey, we think this three-hour program that gets about a million and a half viewers every Monday, oh, it's worth $10 million. What? <laughs> so I definitely think that AEW – and New Japan, and maybe All Japan, and CMLL, and maybe AAA, and maybe a promotion out of UK, or maybe a promotion pop up in India. But as far as professional wrestling and streaming live, the door's been blown wide open. And it, it's not going to go back. You're not going to put the toothpaste back in the tube. We're moving forward, and yes, it's going to open doors for AEW and others. It's who's going to be smart about it to continue to make it profitable. And that's, again, that's what all business is built around. 
creating revenue that's profitable. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with, uh, wrestling television rights and just the way it's positioned, you know, will it, will we see more go to streaming services? Will we see some exist simply on YouTube? Um, well, not to cut you off, but, but I think that term's kind of been thrown around that, oh, hybrid, hybrid, hybrid. And on the one hand, I kind of went, now, wait a minute. That's not going to be anything new. I mean, for the last, I don't know, for sure, 10 years, WWE, well, they've been off and on network, but they've been on network TV. They've been on cable television. They've produced digital shows out the wazoo. They had the WWE network, um, their big deal with AEW. So they've produced, you know, that, uh, yeah, I mean, not AEW, WWE's produced A&E network specials. They, they've been multi-tiered and multi-platform for years. Forever. They just, it's, it's how the business has been way back in the day. Um, 93. Yeah. Cause we did them for a long time. We did Monday night raw on Mondays. We did superstars on Tuesdays and challenge on Wednesdays. Well, what do you mean, Jeff? Okay. So Monday was a cable program. Tuesday and Wednesday were, um, local network, some on, um, U channels, some on V channels, and then they would take a hybrid of that and sell it internationally. So our wrestling business has always been hybrid. Uh, at least since cable television days. So I just believe now you throw in the streaming services that you can monetize it. And look, our old pal YouTube is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger with more and more eyeballs and more and more eyeballs. And Mr. Beast is going to keep bringing that cash register. No doubt about it. We, uh, unfortunately, I guess it's that time of the show where we need to talk about the ugliness of the last few days. Did you read all 67 pages? No, sir. It's, um, whoo, dark, not what I expected. And there's so many questions coming out of it. You know, I don't really even know how to talk about this, Jeff, because I feel like I'm having trouble just reconciling it in my head. I feel like I've kind of been in a head funk. If I'm honest with you, Jeff, since Thursday, when I read it, I was actually on my way to Tampa when I got the news by text, a friend of ours sent me a screen grab. And then I went and found the actual court document and downloaded it to my phone and read it on the way to Tampa. And by the time I landed, I was like, I don't know how to reconcile my fandom with all of this. Because on the one hand, like, I think most of us really, really like professional wrestling, or we wouldn't be recording this podcast or listening to this podcast or, and he, he being Vince McMahon pronouns, pal was such a big part of that. It's, I mean, you kind of give him credit for a lot of it and then you read all of that stuff in black and white. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? What in the world? Like it made it's, it's got all over me. And I know that he's responded and said that it's 
bunch of lies and he's going to fight it and defend his reputation, but he's done. I just don't see a scenario where Vince McMahon can not only never return to WWE or, or for that matter, professional wrestling, or, I mean, he, he can't be a public person anymore. I don't think. Would you agree with that? I mean, who wants to do business with him? He, he is the definition of toxic right now. No. Oh, I mean that, that is, that is a, an appropriate word for January the 29th, 2024. You know, over the last couple of years, Conrad, I don't even know really where to start and, and it's uncomfortable. Yes. In so many ways. Knowing the relationship that my father had with his father. Right. So it really does go back. And my grandmother thought so highly of Vince's father and, you know, kicking and screaming. Uh, she understood the magnitude of the early WrestleManias, if you will and me going to work for them and heard little questions. You're making good money. And I'd say teeny, you have no idea, <laughs> you know, she, because she, it, it was just a, it was a completely different foreign world. And so when I go on my set point there, and like I said, over the last couple of years, Conrad, I've, uh, I look at life completely different. I have uh, really gotten into stoicism philosophy and going back thousands of years and on, on, on just uh, life and one thing's for sure is change and the yin and the yang and there's no such thing as all good and no such thing as good, all evil. And just Conrad, it, it, but the screenshots that I read it, it was, it was toxic. It was unbelievable from hard to wrap my head around all of it. Yes. Knowing and, and look, my opinion is subjective and however much credit you want to give him or the family or the WWF and and the team and going back Vince acquiring it from a gorilla and the other two and it just the history of it all everybody looks at this completely different and there's a twitter voice and an instagram voice and they are different and a facebook voice and and a mainstream media voice and old school new school but no matter how where you sit on it it is disturbing and for all intents purposes, it's the end of an era. And it is a new day in the professional wrestling business. And look, it, it's it's the, the magnitude and how it's gone down. And look, you, you can't subtract any one component of i mean 
we talked a little bit about on this George and Michelle on the board, off the board and Nick Connie in and, and the, the change in leadership and off and on, off and on. And, you know, everyone knew at some point that Vince w- was gonna, and the joke was he's going to, you know, die in that seat. And, you know, just because he even said that, you know, just the evolution of the WWE and where it goes and it's getting bigger and bigger. And we've, we've talked about the very cool things of rock sitting on the board and Nick Khan and Netflix and all this, but the tragedy of how the man Vince McMahon sits today. It's unbelievable. Conrad. It is like it, it, it's, it's so again. And look, I, I, I would be remiss without saying this. He who without sin cast the first stone. But and that's what my faith tells me. Right. But my goodness, Connie. Yeah. It it is. It's it. I like you said at the beginning. I don't have words for it. I really don't. You know, I I think before we get too far into the discussion, we need to say that it took a lot of bravery on the victim's part to come out with this. And I know there's a bunch of Looney Tunes online who are going to victim blame and laugh and um defend Vince man if you read all 67 pages I think you'd disagree like um I mean I I am a wrestling fan because of Vince McMahon's creations you know like I he was our Walt Disney and now that's all done man like it feels like he's got to sort of be erased from WWE history I mean I understand if people you know, call for him to quote unquote, be Ben wad. But you know, you think back to like that WrestleMania 20 open, you see Vince's grandfather and Vince's dad and Vince and now Shane. And now there's Shane's son who now plays college football. And to think that the McMahon lineage now by and large, is going to be erased from this company. Like, I just felt like that was going to be such a part of this company forever and ever. Amen. I mean, we even saw Shane's son do an interview a few months ago about how, who was going to run WWE? Would it be one of, would it be him or one of Hunter's kids? Like, and I guess some of that could still happen, but boy, it is just way different. And to know the way Vince felt about his dad and his father and the pride and the McMahon family crest being on the championship belts on down the line. I know this sounds crazy, but on some level, like, I know Vince wanted to be uh, a billionaire. And when that graphic came out, his profile photo or portrait with TKO, and he had the little mustache, people joked, he looked like a movie villain, but now his reputation, dude, his legacy. I mean, what's the difference between being worth 500 million and a billion, your quality of life doesn't change. You can only drive so nice of a car and fly so nice of a jet and live in so nice of a house and eating so nice of a steak. You sort of max out, but legacy is what a lot of these guys are, you know, still working for in their advanced stages. And now that's irreparable. 
I'm afraid. Well, I have been taught that if you are still breathing, there you go. Nothing is irreparable. I love talking to you. The delusional optimist. Well, I, I mean, I, I have, um, just this morning at seven 30 Conrad, I heard a story that would make the hair on your neck stand straight up and you would say, I said this only by the grace of God is this gentleman sitting in his chair today. There isn't any logical explanation. There's no way I can stretch it and make it a sci-fi. I mean, Hollywood, nothing other than, okay, God stepped into this gentleman's life and look at him today. So I say that to say it is a very dark day in or time in, yeah. in, in Vince's life, but it ain't over till it's over. Well, man, I, I would love to see some sort of way to find a silver lining. Yeah. I really struggled with that, uh, because I didn't know what that was. I mean, it's clear that. And I don't want to hammer names here. So I'm just going to say the victim. It's clear that she's going to get paid and, and Vince will write a check punitively. I mean, I think that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I don't understand all that. I mean, I don't, uh, it's, but, but the word traffic being used in the civil suit caught me off guard and that WWE was named not good. And we've heard a few months ago that allegedly the feds raided Vince's house. Feds aren't usually involved in civil suits. So this feels like there could be more to follow. And I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to hope for, uh, I'm hoping as, as unrealistic as this sounds, I'd like to be the delusional optimist, think the best of people. And I'd hope that these are isolated incidents. I would hope that this really horrible behavior started when he was in his seventies. I would hope that there wouldn't be a whole bunch of new accusations come forward. Like we saw in the past with really powerful people like Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein, but I gave up on Santa Claus a few years ago. I just feel like mm -hmm. it's obvious that there's going to be more. Mm -hmm. And I hate that because, and I want to talk about this because I know you're, you have a unique experience with this. I think on some level, when you read those 67 pages, when you pick your job off the floor, your takeaway will be there's some mental illness at play here. And I don't know if you heard about it, but you know, five or six years ago, they were, there was talk and discussion of making a Vince McMahon movie. And he was working with some script writers and some people got their hands on those rough drafts. And in the early formative years of Vince's life, boy, he suffered greatly in the sexual trauma department. And it doesn't feel like it was ever maybe properly addressed. And now maybe he's just lived with it his entire life. I'm not trying to make Vince the victim here. I'm just saying 
I hope that this, cause that used to not be a conversation, Jeff, people didn't talk about stuff like this now with mental health. I mean, I don't even remember hearing that when I was a kid, mental health. No. So I, I, we're getting better. We need to have more conversations, but I don't know how we get to where those documents were without some sort of mental illness. I'm saying all that to say, I'm really proud that she spoke up and came forward. It took a lot of bravery. I hope if there's anyone else who's been affected in the same way, they'll do the same. But I hope most importantly, we try to, we try to be better. Uh, this hasn't happened yet. And I hope it doesn't, but boy, 25 years ago, it became real in fashion to make Monica Lewinsky jokes. That was not cool then. And it's not cool now. And I hope we don't do that here. It's sick. You know, and, and I understand you're not, you're not just, you're not thinking about everybody else involved because when Vince was in his mind, only quote unquote, hurting this victim, man, as sad as and scary as this sounds now, his actual wife has to read this mm. daughter, his grandkids people he's done business with lifelong friends. Like phew, I just, I want to, I want to be on your line of thinking. I want to find that silver lining. I want to hope there is a way that he can turn this around and redeem himself. But I hope well, there is, I hope that those around him find a way to move on and move forward and find the peace and contentment that everyone strives for, but uh, golly, what an insurmountable task. And in the scheme of things, how silly is it to even talk about wrestling, which is why I want to do this at the end. Cause it's going to be real hard for me to get excited about talking about does Cody win at WrestleMania? Cause yes, it's important, but my goodness, man, the collateral damage of professional wrestling, I don't think has ever really been examined the way it's about to be examined in the coming months. It's uh crazy. 2024, dude. What the fuck? It's only the 29th. I mean, Bill Belichick's gone from the Patriots. Nick Saban's retired. Vince McMahon's out of WWE. Taylor's Taylor. in the Super Bowl. I'm in more wrestling Hall of Fames than Vince McMahon will ever be now. What? <laughs> All right. I knew it, it. I mean, it's, but it's life. I mean, one thing is for certain change. Yeah. You well, never know where it's going to come. I mean, there's, I mean, nobody had it on their bingo card for, oh God, so many different things. Not, no, I'm not only going to address the, the, the Vince situation on that. Just, you, you just never know what life's going to bring at you. And, and it, it really, I don't know, Connie. I, I don't even know really. Uh, yeah, you, you said it. Uh, not a lot of gumption. Uh, I love my my world listeners. I love interacting with them in person, online, text, blah, 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 blah. This episode, uh, it, it is the business. I don't think we're being dramatic. It's changed forever. In not all negative ways. There's a lot of positive in there, um, but it is it is a new new day. But nobody, it just it is kind of. It's hard for me to wrap my head around all of it. 
uh, I used the term that I learned six years ago. Let's process this. If you yeah. process things and really am honest with yourself, there, there becomes kind of a, 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 a light on certain things and you go, okay, well, there's only thing to, one thing left to do, roll up your sleeves and go to work. And there's a lot of work with a lot of folks that are in front of them. That's not going to be easy. It's just not. I mean, I hate it too, because I don't, I mean, it feels like there's probably more than one divorce as a result of this. Oh Lord. Probably lots of lawsuits, probably lots of settlements. Oh boy. And you got to assume there's criminal stuff too. I, oh, I just, golly, man, you know, and I, I know that for, for Benoit, people would say, you know, can you separate the art from the artist? That's going to be hard for me on this one, man. Mm. Because, you know, I, I think I was able to reconcile the Benoit stuff. I hate to make such a comparison because I realize they're different things. But when I think about sort of persona non grata in wrestling, it's got to be them now above all, maybe all others. But I want to think that was CTE and that wasn't really him and yada, yada, yada. I don't know how to do that with Vince yet. Time, time changes. It does. I've, I've got personal experience. Um, I mean, look, if we're going to get really peeling the layers of the onion back and that's what recovery was all about for me. And I'm not talking about just the last six years. I'm talking about my earliest childhood memories were discussed. And I mean, really peeling the layers of the onion back and understanding that it didn't take me six months to walk into this mess. It took me 30 years, uh, to, 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 to really unpack. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, it took me a lot of times to walk into the dark place that I got myself in, in 2017. I mean, a lot of years, um, multiple times should have been dead multiple times. I don't want to get into all that, but I mean, it, it, it didn't happen overnight. So you're not going to walk back out of the woods overnight either. It's time is is a is a it is a fascinating process but nothing happens unless you make the decision i'm changing and that and i'm not talking about vince i'm talking about all parties involved what are you going to do to make a positive change i um I hope that if any wrestling fan who comes across this story or is a wrestling fan who's reading about it or listening to our podcast and they're going through some pretty brutal stuff with sexual abuse, they know about rain. It's an organization that Mick Foley's very familiar with. It's R a I N N dot O R G, but they have a 24 seven helpline. If you're going through it right now, 1-800-656-HOPE is the number. That's 1-800-656-HOPE. Man, this is, um, I'm not, we're not qualified to be talking about this, but no, I, I just feel so awful. I feel awful for her and, and, and everyone else involved, you know, like 
I know that right now people on, on social media are out with their pitchforks and I get that as they should be. People should be outraged. That's the proper response, but I felt bad for Hunter when he had to read those documents, or I guess he didn't read them, but knowing that one day he's got a house full of girls that are going to read that stuff about their grandpa. That's not cool. He's got a wife who's going to read that about her dad. That ain't cool. And then he has to go out there and tell everybody that this was a great gate and we signed the rock and we're on Netflix and oh yeah, none of that matters. Um, but he also can't comment because it's a freaking ongoing legal thing. And I'm sure he's not supposed to do that, but it's not like, I mean, that dude knows how to promote wrestling events and tell wrestling stories and put together matches. And now he's being asked to go do crisis management stuff, man. This is just, it's a tough spot for everybody involved, man. Yep. And there's no, uh, no fun or easy way for us to put a button on this show or talk about this topic. But I knew if we didn't talk about it, people would say, well, why aren't you talking about it? So we need to talk about it. Conrad, when you say we're going to talk about the the world of professional wrestling, I said, Oh boy, we got a lot to talk about. I didn't know we talked the whole it's it, it, the magnitude of the situation, the, the magnitude of what happened over the last seven days positive and negative really hit home about the hour mark of this podcast. Conrad, that is, that it's is forever changed, man. It's in my gut. And look, I, I, I was, you know, on a personal note, rock getting put on the board. I thought that was so damn cool. I was surprised that he didn't get his already have his trademark on the rock list. The Netflix deal was something that I go, wow. Kudos to the industry. 10 million every Monday. Yep. The value of it, just all of those things. And look, I, I, our, when I say our AEW stings deal, it's, it's a going to be a beautiful night. Wembley. We're, we're still months away, but I, I never want to discount state Wembley stadium. It is, it, it's, it's the magnitude of that, you know, the, the, the grind of dynamite and rampage and collision, I wouldn't take nothing for it. It just, you know, we've got new executives on board and I think I truly believe we're going to a, a, the next stage of growth for the company. The entrepreneurial spirit in me is, is running rampant. Um, the business keeps growing, growing. The CML relationship is cool. You're going to Australia, all that kind of stuff. But, and look, I knew we had to touch on the, the negative part out of it, but look, I, and I shared this with you a little before we came on, you know, the lineage of the territory promoters, Don Owens, Shires, the Von Erics, Bill Watts, the Crockett's, the Grahams. We could, you know, uh, so, some different promoters and all that, but all the lineage of the territory promoters when they were 22, uh, you know, always looked at a McMahon as the, the you know, they, they going back multiple generations. Um, what was the, I think Saturday was the first day that there hadn't been a McMahon in the industry. Yes. Since what the fifties. Yeah. Just the magnitude of the last seven days. Um, it's amazing. It is amazing. And, and it's weird because it's sort of, 
you know, you and I talked about it before when the merger went down and it was now TKO and Vince wasn't really the, the boss anymore. You sort of said to me off air, it's the end. That is the official end of the territories. Now this is really it. Yeah. It for better or worse. It is a corporate wrestling world now with WWE. AEW still, I guess, a family organization. And on some level, maybe the Aspers are too with uh, TNA. But goodness gracious, man. I just, uh, it's hard to reconcile. Not only is Vince McMahon out, he ain't ever coming back. He ain't even welcome. Like, I don't think McMahon can attend shows. I don't think he can walk the halls of the building anymore. It's weird. And that's not even what's important. We should be talking about this, this lady's story and, and, and all that she went through, but as uncomfortable as it was to read, I can't imagine how uncomfortable it was to go through it. I just, I don't want to go through all those details ever again. I don't, I'll never read that document again. I can't imagine what she's going through. And I don't know, man, uh, this is a weird, my world, because I feel like, uh, for once I'm, I'm out of my depth. Well, I'm not sure it's happened before, uh, several times on this show, but it's like, normally we're just, you know, poking fun at bad wrestling and making fun of some shoddy reporting here, there, and, and, and a bit yeah, yeah, that over again. And, oh, and, uh, I like to mean you get into our business discussions today was a different episode. It was, but I felt like, you know, it's one that, that we need to do. And I, and again, I want to, I want to say again, if you're dealing with some of that or somebody in your life is, I don't want them to think that they don't have help or help's not there. That's not the case. R a I N N dot O R G rain is the organization. You can call them at 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 1-800-656-4673. Conrad. Yes, sir. I'm coming from a place of love here. Yes, sir. I, I just cut you off on the numbers. Finish the numbers and then come back. No, to me. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, R-A-I-N-N.org. I just yeah. said But anyway, so so that's from the victims and they're first and foremost. Yes. But if you have, for my experience, when I am, when I was in active addiction, I was the one that was the tornado. I'm trying to say how the, this diplomat, if you are the tornado in your, in, 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 what's going on, no matter gambling, alcohol, uh, whatever it may be, there is a way out. Get help. You cannot yes. do it alone. I always use the analogy. Have you ever tried to get in a canoe by yourself? It's impossible. You can't do it. You're going to turn the canoe over. You got to have help. You got to have somebody pull you in the boat. There's plenty of people out there that are ready right now to help you. I, I just urge anybody, anybody, if you're a tornado in your life right now, get help, please. Well said, Jeff. Uh, we're going to be back playing grab ass next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. We will talk about Jerry Lawler next week. Talk about those classic Memphis angles. And of course, uh, we got to talk about the best punch in wrestling, all that and more next week here on the program. If you've got a question, we're, we're, we're still going to accept those, even though we're doing it a week later. So fire down on us. 
It's uh, at Real Jeff Jarrett. At Hey Hey, it's Conrad. At Hey Hey, it's Conrad Thompson over on IG. But the show is at My World Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's so easy to keep up with what we're doing over on YouTube. It's My World on YouTube.com. Got a lot of great merch available as well over at boxofgimmicks.com. And uh, if you'd like to advertise your product or service here on the show, that's easy. It's advertisedwithjarrett.com. And uh, Jeff, on that note, I say we put a button on today's episode, one of our more challenging episodes uh, in history, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of WWE in the last week. But uh, wrestling is supposed to be a fun escape. So I hope everyone enjoyed Monday Night Raw last night and hope you tuned in to uh, NXT tonight. But certainly be sure to set your DVR so you can watch it over and over again. I saw a spoiler earlier today that Samoa Joe is going to be defending his title against you. Oh, stop it, Conrad. Conrad, let's end on a man. This is a this was an emotional deal. Let's it was a weird deal. Let's just end on a little fun note. Niners or Chiefs? Who do you got, pal? That's Taylor Swift's world. We're just living in it. <laughs> Amen. I mean, that's it. Like, who would have thought your babysitter would be the most famous <laughs> football? Girl? personality (laughs) like the girl who used to babysit your kids is getting a super bowl ring in two weeks oh stop it wild all right tune in jeff's winning the world title on wednesday spoilers you heard it here first clickbait that and we'll see you next week right here on my world peace john brings his skewed sense of humor jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.